Welcome to another episode of Keo Conversations. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living the top of their game personally and professionally. Do we have a treat for you today? I'm speaking with Claude Silver, who is VaynerMedia's Chief Heart Officer. And honestly, in my opinion, I, I really feel she's a philanthropist of people. Um, and you'll see why after listening to this, this conversation. She's just such a great human being and is so passionate about helping the people around her perform at their best personally and professionally. So enjoy this conversation and please give us a little love wherever you're listening. Leave us some comments. Um, would love to hear what resonates with you. Lastly, this conversation, the whole podcast, it's all brought to you by Keo, which is our mental fitness app. All of these incredible guests end up in app to help guide you through your daily mental fitness. So search KYO in the Apple App Store and you will see it in front of you. Thank you as always and have the absolute best day yet. Claude, who are you? Well, my name is Claude Silver. I am 49 years old. I live in New York City with my partner and my three and a half year old daughter. I'm sorry, three and a half month old daughter. <laughs> she just grew up real fast. She did. I am the chief heart officer at Vayner Media. I work with Gary Vaynerchuk day in and day out. And I have the incredible privilege of working for and serving all of our employees. So 800, 900 people on a daily basis. Love it. And what, like, when you think of you as a, as a person, um, like, what really defines you? That's a beautiful question. So what defines me is always coming from a place of uh, generosity. Hmm. I, you asked me what I would have put on my tombstone a zillion years ago. It would have said something of the sort, she had potential. And as I've grown up and evolved in my life, what I would rather put on my tombstone and where I feel like I am now is she had a generous heart. And... Wow. That, that's what defines me that I'm, I'm a super chill person. <laughs> I love music. I, I really don't, I don't need drama in my life anymore. In fact, I really have done everything I can to really eliminate most of the drama in my life. And I, I live for experiences. Um, so yeah, that's me. Well, I like you. I mean, that's a that's a great a great summary and a great philosophy to have. I'm I'm curious. Was there? Because just doing the research, it seems like you've always been really dialed into you uh, as a person, and there was always this this kind of baseline of of self development and um, you know tapping into you know a lot of the different wellness practices that that are becoming mainstream now, but that seems to be, it was always part of your core and now it's really coming out. But what, was there something that, that shifted you that 
I guess, change that description on the tombstone? <laughs> yes, it took some took some time, and it wasn't a linear process. But uh, right around the time I was nineteen, I left college after my sophomore year, and I took myself on a ninety three day outward bound course, which was the first time I had pushed myself physically, mentally, spiritually you name it. I was the only female out of nine boys. We were all around 1920. And that's 93 days in the wilderness, you know, showering, getting a shower every 18 days and spending a lot of time, not only in team, but a tremendous amount of time internally, as I would be hiking up these, you know, 13, 14,000 foot peaks or learning how to raft down the Colorado river on, you know, class fives. Hmm. I have to say, I grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which right there and then is a very spiritual place. And you have a strong connection to the sky and the colors and the clouds. And going on Outward Bound and really being alone with myself was the first time I really, I can say, meditated. I got real with myself in a way that I definitely hadn't been for the first 19 years of my life. And I started to dial into what my purpose was and and who I wanted to be in this world to, to really cut to the chase. And that's really stayed with me for a long time. I mean, it stayed with me till today and it will be there tomorrow. I think the other thing that really happened was I came out of a very dark relationship when I was 24 years old. And as soon as I came out of that relationship, I knew I needed to hit the reset button and really do some soul searching and cleanse myself, quite frankly. And I found Marianne Williamson and started to go to her talks in San Francisco and read her readings and study A Course in Miracles, along with Buddhism and and everything else I could get my hands on. But it was really the simplicity of there are two emotions, love and fear. And if you are in fear, you're not in love. And I knew I wanted to be a person of love, in love, surrounded by love, giving love. And that really has been the rudder in my life. That's beautiful. Um, And what a journey. And it's, I, I can't, as you were saying this, there there was something that I, that came up through uh, doing the research, and it, it kept popping up as you were describing um, that that journey. And it was at one point you had mentioned that you know when you were a child that your childhood dream was to be a movie director or you know be involved in philanthropy. Philanthropy, and as you were saying all of this, I can't help but think like you are kind of the ultimate philanthropist right now in terms of unlocking hearts and people all around you. I mean, if that's, that's your core work, have you ever, have you ever thought about it in that, in that way at all? You know, I haven't, I, I really haven't. I mean, I've thought about being of service and I, and I probably never made the connection of my childhood dream of being a philanthropist with being in service. How funny is that? <laughs> well, it's it's. I mean, to me, it's the ultimate, right? Because you, you you unlock hearts and minds and people, then like the opportunity is endless, right? That's it. It's really. I think 
the unlock is where the journey begins and the unlock doesn't always mean it's going to be joyful or, you know, dancing unicorns immediately. There's a lot of work that goes into and around the unlock. But I do think that is where life begins and life opens up. Totally, totally. And we're, so just on that topic, I mean, we're, we're definitely going through some sort of shift right now. It's, it seems, I mean, I'm sure you feel it. Um, I can feel it. I mean, I'm, I, I always sort of pull out of, of, of that, that feeling just cause I'm so surrounded with it. I, I don't want to be biased, but I feel like it is definitely all around us. And it, the shift I'm, I'm referring to, it, it seems like people are kind of finally stepping back and prioritizing their health in whatever way that, that, that shows up for them right now. There's definitely a shift into, um, mental health, uh, mental fitness, which the way I always define that is mental fitness is kind of the umbrella, you know, mental health fits under their mental performance, really anything really to kind of prime your mind and, and, and set you up for, for success and help you out of tough times, for example. And, you know, I just find it so strong with, with kids coming out of university now. I mean, I just, when I was there, I definitely was not leaving feeling very purpose driven driven. And it's, it seems like that's almost the norm and working at an organization like, like VaynerMedia that, that is staffed with, I would imagine a lot of millennials and, you know, 18 to 34, let's say in that, that group are like, what's your take on that? What's driving this shift? I think the, I think a couple of things. I, I think as every generation that comes after another generation, there is that evolution, a natural evolution of doing things differently for, for one. I believe that I can only speak to North America or actually United States at the moment, but I, I do believe that our political climate has left people on, in, in a state of unrest. I believe that we have these university grads who are coming out of very competitive situations that have either natural born tendencies towards anxiety or find themselves with anxiety and some mental health issues after they leave the comfort of university where things are very structured and you have your friends and you know where you're eating every day and you have your, you know, your, posters of, you know, Jim Morrison on the wall in your dorm room, or at least I did, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you know, back to the evolution of each generation, uh, getting potentially wiser and more keyed into the planet and to collective consciousness and unconsciousness. I think that it's coming from a place of, uh, uh, seeking the answer to why, you know, why are things like this? Why do we have to settle for this? Why is there not gun control? Why do we have this person in office? I, I, I actually think that there's been a, I think we've been asleep for a while. And I mean, I speak for myself on, you know, generation uh, X and, you know, we've, we were the slacker generation. So I think, um, I think there's been, while we've been incredibly entrepreneurial these last, 20, 30 years, I also think there's been some kind of sleepiness. And I don't know, I don't know the other word. I don't know another word to, to 
describe sleepiness. While we've all been making money and all while we've all been climbing a ladder and building homes and, and having families. And this generation to me just seems incredibly dialed in. And I really feel like they will start to change this world. They're purpose-driven. They are not all about the salary. They are competitive. They want to, I believe, touch touch all of the, the sides of themselves at work and, and at play in life. So I feel like they're more alert and more awake and more vulnerable and willing to talk about things that we would never talk about before. Yeah, I know. I tend to agree. And I, I think I was, I was trying to think of a, a word when you're describing the sleepiness and the only thing that was coming to mind of get your, your opinion is, is just almost autopilot. It's like we're on this track, right? That just keeps going and going and going. And, and what I'm seeing is the track typically only stops when we hit some sort of wall and it's like a physical health wall. And then all of a sudden, then everything comes into question. Yes. Which it, it is encouraging to hopefully we can, you know, avoid that wall and, and start like your point opening up and, and having more um, vulnerable discussions Yet at the same time, we, we've got a major mental health crisis um, happening as well. So there's there's still a lot of work to be done, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think, Mark, you know, that – so the, the millennial generation, there's so much I know that's said about them. And, I, again, I think they're just phenomenal people. And, and Generation Z that's coming up right behind them, they, they – I really believe they are hypersensitive about making a difference and they are also hypersensitive and they're growing up where they only know social media. They only know a phone. You know, I've had the luxury of not having a phone for the first you know, 30 years of my life, not having a cell phone. And so, you know, life was slower. I wasn't hooked to my phone seeing who's texting me or, looking at this app or getting my, my work uh, dictated to me from a, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. The, the, the one thing I, you talk about a lot as well that I really love, and I'd love for you to describe what you mean by um, holding space. I think that's such an important concept. Yeah. I do not know where I got the phrase holding space, but it was a good 20 years ago, I think, when I was probably taking an addiction and codependency class in Prescott College. I mean, it was that long ago. And uh, it's stuck with me ever since. And and for me, holding space is, is being with a person and really bearing witness. Coming from a very non-judgmental place, I, I become a, a literally a vessel for that person to share whatever it is they need to share, whether or not that is happy, sad, it's directed at me, whatever it is, I, I do my best to remove my ego and simply hold out my hands uh, figuratively and hold them, hold whatever it is that they're sharing with me so that almost it can be neutralized, you know, so that there is no power over it. And that's what holding space is for me. It's very it's very quiet and it's, as I say, non-judgmental. And I, I feel as though it's something I can give back to people as they are sharing their, their selves, their souls, their secrets with me, their fears, their anxieties, their joys. How do you, how do you help 
others actually do that? Guys, I think there's, there's, there's one thing for, I think obviously step one is for us to, to hold space for, for others, but then you as, as a mentor to so many people, um, how, how do you kind of help someone take that first step so that they can then return that, that, that favor? Yeah. Well, the, the first step that I do is, is really try to teach people how to listen and teach people how to actively listen and listen as though they almost put themselves in the back, if you will, so that there, there's, there's very little opportunity or I'm minimizing the opportunity to run some kind of story in our head while we're listening to someone. And active listening, listening, making sure that, you know, when the, that person's speaking to you, you're not ready to pounce on them with that, with that response, mm-hmm. that you're letting whatever they say have air. And that's hard, hard to do. So hard. Yeah. The, I think the other thing uh, that I talk about a lot when it comes to holding space is doing your best to not be distracted. So if you were in my office right now and I was actually doing this with you, you wouldn't see my phone light up. My phone would be face down. My ringer's off and I'm here with you. I'm here with you. That's what holding space is. I love that because something that I'm often speaking about and and I'm so happy you brought this up because I, I'd love your opinion, but it's just and, and you work in this every day. I mean, you're obviously, you know, working at VaynerMedia. It's 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 an int- uh, attention society, right? And you're doing a lot of work on social media and digital engagement and, and all of that, which, you know, busies are mine, obviously. But at the same time, there are just so many benefits to the community and everything that it's created. But I feel like we're at that, like this pull, this critical moment of, we somehow need to reframe our relationship with our technology and right. I mean, you just described it perfectly. I mean, you own the technology and then that also means that you can go in and and, and gain the benefits of that without it controlling you. Mm -hmm. How are you seeing that evolve, especially, especially with, you know, that, the, the demographic that you mentioned that, have, that, that has only known this world. Yeah, that is a tough one. I, I don't even have any answer other than to, to share with you what I observe, which is that we are still very much addicted to our phones. I think that our phones have replaced in many ways curiosity and uh, habits you know, going and playing tennis or going and crocheting, mm-hmm. or whatever you do it, you know, whatever, painting. And because our, our phones are a catch-all now, we can play games, we can talk to people, we can flirt with people, we can check our bank account, we can, you know, shong, song, song swap. So, you know, I'm bored, I pick up my phone rather than pick up a book, rather than daydream, rather than get out oil paints or have a conversation with another person. So... It's real, right? It's yeah. Real. We're, we're, losing, we're losing the art of conversation as we speak. And I, gosh, I'm such an optimist. So for, for, for me to even say that pains me because 
I want to find, uh, I want to find a, an opposite to give you immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's the real situation where I, you know, we're working on it, I guess you could say, uh, <laughs> There, there's definitely progress being made, but it's, it, it is apparent. Even myself, I, 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 I'll never forget. I can't remember when this happened, probably a few years ago, but it was just a moment I caught myself where I was just picking up my phone or I was, I was doing something with technology just again to fill a void. And I'm like, this is wild. Like, why, you know, I, why do you have to fill the void? Right. <laughs> and what really hit home for me when, when you mentioned the fact that it's replacing curiosity and that that's scary because, you know, this is, I think we're at interview maybe one twelve or one fifteen in the last year and a bit. And I would say the, one of the biggest themes outside of self-awareness is as actually every guest has a, <laughs> a very heightened sense of curiosity. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's, that's something I definitely think we need to hang on to. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was listening to you repeat what I had said. And I also want to say, yes, I can go on Google and I can go down a wormhole. And, you know, obviously that is a sense of curiosity when I'm look, when I'm fact checking or I'm reading something on medium, a thousand percent. I think what I, what I mean by curiosity is really this idea of daydreaming, the idea of having just that those extra minutes in my day, the extra where I can do nothing except look at the clouds if that's what I want to do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So when I've used, I've talked a bit about, about mental fitness, um, during the, during this chat, but then also before we, we started recording, I'm, I'm curious when I say the world word mental fitness, what does that mean to you? Mental fitness to me means energy management. I like that. Yeah. It means curiosity. It means um, I'm going to use the word discipline. Uh, you know what? Instead of discipline, I'm going to use um, mindset. That's what I'm going to use. Okay. Yeah. So then with, with those words in mind or, or that definition, how you've got, what is it, 800 to 900 in employees now, right? At VaynerMedia worldwide? Yes, yes. I mean, that's, that's, those are a lot of minds and hearts uh, to, to be there for and helping. What do you do for you to be able to be there for them? So I get this, I, when I used to get this question, I would cringe because I didn't feel like I had anything magnificent to share with you. You know, I'm not, I'm not uh, going to the Himalayas and I'm not looking, I'm not navel gazing. And then I realized, well, what I'm doing is what is refueling me. And that is I cook and I absolutely love just cooking and creating and, you know, hopefully the flavors blend together. (laughs) I listen to a lot of music. So when I'm not at work, I have headphones on and, you know, when I'm with myself or when I'm working, when I'm working on my laptop, doing actual work, but not at the office. Music drives me in such a massive way. Live music is everything to me. Uh, I love snowboarding. I love being active, wakeboarding. So, and I, and my friends, and I, I've been really fortunate to have 
some great friends on different coasts and different areas that I've called home Hmm. that feed me. And in fact, yesterday I was speaking to one of my really great like soul friends who lives in England and we had an hour long chat and I just felt so, I just have felt so high and so complete since then. And, you know, friendships take time to cultivate. And I think the, the older you get, sometimes it might, might even be a little more difficult to find the time to cultivate a friendship. And I'm so grateful for the friends I have. I, I love the way you just, you started the reply to this answer because that's actually everything that we're trying to do with, with Keo is to show that it doesn't have to be that you're meditating on top of a, a majestic mountain or off to, you know, a seven day silent retreat that there are mindful moments and mental fitness type practices or mindsets basically all around us all the time. If we're able to kind of pull our head up and, and look Right and, and prioritize. So, I mean, your response would couldn't couldn't have been more perfect because there there are five plus things there that now hopefully everyone who's listening maybe there's something there that ah you know what I I do need to do a little bit more um, for myself on that area because that resonates with me. I mean, that's our whole goal with with these conversations. I love it. I'm glad. So what I'm curious just on the. A reflection side of things. Are there any, like, do you have any type of regular practices outside of, of some of the things that you just, just mentioned, mentioned, but are there, and it's okay if you don't journal, just so you know, but you know, are you meditating? Are you journaling? Are you doing any of these um, practices? And I guess, I guess the follow-up question really is when you're traveling and, um, outside of your regular routine? Like what are the non-negotiables for you? So I, I do a gratitude list every night. Non-negotiable. Okay. Non-negotiable. I may fall asleep while I'm doing it, but I'm definitely doing it. <laughs> and I've done that for a long time. I've also said uh, a little prayer that my Nana taught me uh, when I was probably five or eight years old that I, I keep saying, and so I try to do in tandem the gratitude list straight into the prayer, okay, which is really helpful for me. The uh, other thing I do is in the morning before I have coffee, and I really do need my coffee. I love it. Is I same yeah, okay, good. I um, I drink a whole glass of water first and do mm. a little stretching, just like kind of bending the old joints. Those are non negotiables, and there I've really kept them simple so they are habitual yeah that's so so important so important because it just even makes me think right like i often use analogies to to physical fitness as as people typically relate well with that and it's like you can't you know if you're going to run a marathon i mean don't you you have to start somewhere and it's not going to be starting with running the marathon right so set yourself up for success right in in your in your training and to me it's the same principle of keeping this stuff simple like you when i get asked like how do you start a mental fitness practice well don't it's not take an hour every morning uh from from the start of your of, of you jumping into this like maybe just get up and breathe right yeah, yeah. Um, or i love the water for the longest time i had a, a, a prompt coming out of keo just at two o'clock in the afternoon am i hydrated and it's oh, crazy wow. how that helps 
Wow, that's so cool. I, I am a huge water drinker. And I found a long time ago that whenever I was tired, instead of reaching for coffee during the day, if I would chug water, you know, I'm talking like a good five down, like a good even eight ounces, 12 ounces, I was alert. And mm. that's really important for me to be alert. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. I'm going to try that because I, I feel too, and there's probably a lot of people listening like that mid-afternoon, it's, you're almost automatically grabbing for some sort of coffee or other drink. I'm going to try that out. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, you want that bag of M&Ms or whatever else is, you know. Yeah, that's your- a problem too. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're human. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're humans. humans. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I did want to ask you a little bit about the gratitude practice because, uh, you know, I've heard it just, just speaking with others that have a, a practice like that, that's, you know, sometimes, especially if you're doing um, so consistently like that, sometimes it gets real repetitive. And, you know, I'm wondering if there, if you found that or if that's just part of your, your practice or if there's things that have helped and going in more detail with, with what you're listing out. Have you, have you experienced that? Um, I've, so I've experienced that in a different way. I'll explain that. So just to answer the question, when I am repetitive with my gratitude list, which is often because I have, I'm grateful for a lot of things, but for example, right now I'm grateful for the the health of my family, the fact that I have a daughter, uh, my partner, I've got a great job. My family is, um, is well and safe, all of those things. Mm -hmm. I am so psyched to be grateful for those things. I'm so excited. I mean, I'm right I, this minute. I'm looking out my window here at work, and I'm on the 25th floor. I'm looking straight at the Freedom Tower. The sun is setting, and it's an incredible pink, orange sunset over the Hudson River. And I'm fucking excuse my language, so happy. Yeah, so grateful. You know, I have an incredibly vibrant, big old plant here in this room that seems to do really, really well from the sun. I'm so grateful for this plant that it keeps the oxygen flowing in a room where I see a lot of people. And so we need to have some kind of influx of air, fresh air. Yeah. And the other way, so the other way I was going to answer that question, which is completely different than what you asked me, is... Long time ago, I, I took many, many, many courses at an in, a place in Sausalito, California, called the Institute of Intuitive Studies. And I learned clairvoyancy, I learned chakra healing, past life regression. The thing that I took away that I use when I need to is the chakra healing and the energy protection and how I can do um, uh, separations from people. Now that doesn't mean anything to do with who they are. They're not bad people. They're not da, 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 da. It's just literally how I can neutralize the energy. If it feels like it's stuck in me or I, uh, have become too much of a sponge with someone. So Hmm. it's different than what you asked. It's a different question, but those are, it made your question made me think about doing separations, which I'm also really grateful to know how to do and to neutralize the conversation, neutralize 
the interaction that person and I might may have had or whatever it is they've shared with me because it just might be, it's just not mine to hold. And it's a way to just send, send the energy into the ocean. And so it can just like drift off. I don't send the energy back to that person. I just, that person doesn't want it. I don't want it. So, so just, are you, that's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy you brought that up. Is that, so is that something you're doing in the moment or are you saying that during that, that evening gratitude practice, you're somehow working that into that, that piece? No, actually, I should have been more specific. I'm doing it in the moment or right after the moment. Okay. Yeah, I don't let it linger because as a huge empath and, and someone that's had to work very hard in life to not be a complete emotional empath, meaning mm-hmm. I'm much more, I'm a compassionate empath, I'm a cognitive empath, but I don't become a sponge. I've had to really deploy that in order for me to maintain my, like my energy. And we were talking about energy management earlier. So that's something I need to do and I need to do it quickly. So is there any, I I really like this because I feel like this is applicable to so many different people, um, jobs that, you know, are really heavy on the emotional side and that I'd imagine a lot of people carry, you know, longer than what's, than what's what's wanted, let's say, by, by that individual. So are there any, without having to go to take the full course, are there any, you know, tips or, or, or tricks that people can uh, try out? Oh my gosh, it's so quick. So I'm going to use a fictitious person named Bob. And here's here's me doing energy separations with Bob. I'm a female, he's a male. I have green eyes. He has blue eyes. My name starts with a C. His name starts with a B. I am, I have one baby girl. He has three baby boys. Uh, I was born in New York city. He was born in Cleveland, Ohio. That's it. Real nine differences. I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm stating differences and that way I can just I neutralize whatever was coming my way. And I use the word, I keep on using the word neutralize because that's it. I'm just taking the the force of the energy out of it and just dumping it into the ocean where it can really, you know, form a really gorgeous wave somewhere in Tahiti. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's super practical. Thank you for sharing that. You're so welcome. It's that easy. I don't go into, well, Bob told me that his parents are getting divorced. Like I don't go into that. Sure. That's, that's, that's not, that's not valuable. Okay. And then I I guess, and then from your experience, that's, that, that does the trick and you can carry on with, with your day. Yeah. You know, I might like, um, you know, clap my hands or like rub my hands together and like then shake them out. Sure. I also keep a a bottle of uh, perfume in this room that when I really need to like just change the vibe. I spray some perfume. I walk out and I walk back in. Okay. <laughs> I have to say when you said, I also keep a bottle. I, I thought you were going somewhere else. Like a bottle of Jack Daniels. That's, yeah. that does the trick. Yeah, right. right. That's, exactly, that's what you want this role that me in this role to be doing. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's funny. Well, thank you again. Thank you. Um, I definitely would like to get your, 
your prompts, um, just to stay on the, the theme of some of the practices. Um, and just if you don't know, I mean, the whole idea of the prompts, uh, again, everything we're trying to do here is to stimulate reflection for, for someone and whatever that looks like, whether they're using an app, whether they're using pen or notebook, or just flat out, just thinking, um, you know, these prompts, uh, obviously help people guide them if they're stuck or, or maybe shift the perspective. So, if, if there are three questions um, and whatever comes to mind um, that that's organic for you, that either you ask yourself on a frequent basis or during big life-changing events that you found have been helpful, what would those be? What am I grateful for? What and who inspires me? And probably the why. And when I'm stuck... I go back to a memory or vision of myself when I was five, eight years old. And I think about what was making me feel so free and so untethered and, and limitless. Wow. That's, that's powerful. So use that when you're, when you're feeling stuck or down. Yeah. When I'm feeling, when I, you know, it doesn't happen a whole lot, fortunately, just because I move some stuff through through me. But when it does, I have to go to gratitude. Like that's the first thing I have to go to. Mm-hmm. And that could be I, you know, had a bad uh, interaction with my partner, or uh, the traffic really sucks today, or you know, <laughs> whatever you know, whatever moves me out of like my center because. I, I just worked so hard to get center that I gotta, I gotta really stay sharp. Um, so yeah, immediately what I'm grateful for, I always, always think about who inspires me and, uh, why or what. And then, um, and then just thinking like why, you know, the most important thing for me, I think to feel so centered is to feel that I'm expansive and that I have, the possibility to spread my wings, spread my arms. And if I wasn't, you know, say I'm in a, uh, a two story building and I don't have a view like I have right now, then most of the time I envision myself growing up in upstate New York and, and, or in, in the Santa Fe mountains and just having nothing but air around me and trees mm. and sun. Love that. Love it. And do you, I mean, obviously, uh, some of these are are in the moment, but are there in terms of, you know, what or who inspires you? Is that something that you're consciously doing or do you take time to write that out in the morning or evening? You know, I have gotten really bad at, well, let me rephrase that. (laughs) Don't journal. And for two reasons, Uh, one, I've, I've had so many of my journals read that I still have, probably some PTSD around that. <laughs> sure. Uh, I, and my handwriting is really horrid and um, I actually don't like to write. So yeah. what I have done, and I've done this for a while, is I email, when I email with my friends, usually it's a some kind of deep dive into whatever it is that's happening. And it could just be like three sentences or three paragraphs it doesn't happen nearly as, as often as it used to when I lived in London and I was communicating with all my friends in the States. But um, 
so anyway, the in, back to the inspiration uh, question, which is, I just think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so Gary inspires me. My daughter inspires me. My mom and her strength inspire me. My Nana, who died two years ago at 101, who I talk a lot about. She was wow. my friend. You know, she's still with me. So, um, yeah, I, I really think... I keep on going back to this place, Mark, where I said, you know, I don't, I really do my best not to have a lot of drama in my life. And it's, it's just really true because I have more room for other things, other people, and certainly taking care of myself. And it's that, you know, taking care of ourselves is the most important thing. And it's the first thing to go when we're stressed. For sure. And it's, it's, it's classic eating, physical nutrition, mental fitness. It, it all just, just naturally starts going when it should be probably heightened, right. In, in times of stress. So I totally get that. Yeah. And it's back to that airline example too, where, you know, you have to put on your oxygen mask first before helping others. I think that's, that's the exciting shift that I feel like is happening right now. It's, you know, people are really starting to pri- prioritize them first. Um, even with us, like, I mean, we just released a brand new version of, of the app and it was, you know, we released it, uh, early February. It was supposed to be released over the Christmas holidays. I mean, that's kind of prime time reflection time. And consciously we were, you know what it's, we plan on being around longer than just one set of holidays. And if we burn the whole team out, you know, it doesn't benefit anyone. Right. But that's, that's even for us, that was hard to kind of swallow. Yeah. Totally. Love it. My last question for you, because uh, I, I definitely want to respect your time is, you know, if you think of the next three to six months, what truly makes you smile? Hmm. That's so cool. So um, watching my daughter grow is going to really make me smile. And and hearing these squawks maybe start <laughs> to come into form, uh, you know, a letter. I don't know. I think that's something that's really, really cool. Uh, and something a year ago, I would have no knowledge of that. You know, yeah. four months ago, I wouldn't even be saying that because I wouldn't even know what I was talking about. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. So I'm lo- looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to more family time, my parents coming from Santa Fe, spending more time here and just doing more, doing more family things, which is new for me too. You know, I've, I had really been a lone ranger for a long time and, and existed really happily like that. So doing more things together is, is definitely fun. And I'm, I'm really interested in seeing, where my curiosity goes in this space of mindfulness and uh, bringing more humanity back into the workplace and creating, you know, gorgeous, sustaining culture at work. These are things that are really important to me. So where I take that is something that I'm really, I'm curious about, I'm excited about, I'm nervous about. So watch this space. Well, it's, that's, you have all the ingredients in that recipe for, for a lot of great things. So I'm excited to see where, where all of that takes you as well. It's, it's been, you know, I want to obviously thank you on, on behalf of myself, but also for, you know, everyone listening right now, because, you know, because you've taken the time to really 
reduce the drama in your life and, and understand you as a person and prioritize uh, yourself and then helping others and doing all this incredible work with, you know, 900 plus people that are also affecting lives exponentially, you know, that deserves a huge, a huge thank you from, from all of us. Thank you so much. And thank you for inviting me. I use the app. I'm stoked to be a part of your community as well. Well, on that, have the best day yet. Thank you. You too, Mark. Mark.